0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people
1: to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity.
0: Last week we talked about the idea of what is the truth and our feelings facts? How do we decide what's true, right? What are the parameters that we use to qualify truth? the challenge that we run into when we put people on pedestal and asking ourselves a question, am I really seeing the whole picture when I'm making a choice? And then Jared, what are we going to land on today? So today we're
1: going to talk about that perception and truth, right? But we're going to make it, we're going to see how we force ourselves or how we find tribes, right? And, and we're going to expand on that to how America is not really one tribe. It's like we are a melting pot. So you can like, find all these different niches where we can find a, a place a home where we feel like we're with people that I guess mirror ourselves right but then in the same sense we have all these different tribes to choose from so it's it's both like a, a benefit right it's, it's it's a blessing and it's a curse for uh, um those of us who live in America born in the United States right and uh yeah, I think you were like digging on that and like all the different tribes that people kind of find themselves in right before we started going live, right?
0: Yeah, I was, I was telling Jared, so I just started uh, reading, listening to President Obama's new book and which I highly recommend. I'm, it's a it's a 29 hour, I think, investment on Audible and I'm into about three hours into it. And it it's, it's really great. And I like the audio book because Obama's actually reading it. And I was sharing with Jared that in the first few hours, he said at least two or three times and not so many words that one of the things he found really fascinating as a young politician is as he would travel outside of his district and he'd start to talk to people who looked differently than him, that had different beliefs, you know, beliefs or values or whatever the classifications are, he started to hear the same and similar stories over and over again people who wanted to see their lives improved, people who were worried about their job, people who are terrified about losing their home, people who want to see their kids have better lives than theirs, and so on and so forth. And he said he started to really wake up to the idea that, you know, one of the challenges in politics is you had made such strong, divisive places, conservative and liberal, Republican, Democrat, that in so doing, what happened was, is that many of us would, and you've heard Jared and I talk about this over and over again we end up limiting the human experience by a label and what obama started to see is that when you sort of strip away the labels black white republican democrat conservative liberal whatever that is right left you started to see human beings <clears throat> and human beings who shared the same and similar wants that he did and that others did too and it's it's there's a there's a story that always comes to mind when I think of these kinds of conversations. Simon Sinek, who I think is one of the best orators of modern times, he wrote a beautiful book called Start with Why, and he tells this story about how you know we're so often we're when we're looking for tribes, we're looking for whatever we can find that is is as similar to us as we can belong to, but that similarity has flexibility, and he gives the example of you could be. You could live next door to someone who has a similar, who has an opposite political affiliation as you, and you can't stand them. But then you go over to a foreign country where you don't know the language. You find yourself on the Metro. Everyone around you is speaking a different language than you. And all of a sudden you hear one person say something in an English accent or saying in English, and you go over and gravitate towards them. And you say, hey, you're, you're American, I'm American too. And you're instantly bonded. All the other stuff is is gone. It doesn't matter their political beliefs. It doesn't matter anything else. All that matters is that they're American and you have this thing in common. Because in a place where everything is uncommon, you're finding something in common. But if you were to go back to America and everybody around you is speaking English, now you start to have a greater access of filter systems. So you can choose more, more selectively about where you're identifying with. And so this is to say like our capacity for forming tribes, our capacity for finding common ground and similarities is quite expansive. Mm -hmm. But often what we do is we will handicap that expanse by going very narrow-minded on whatever is commanding the most emotional attention in our lives at that moment.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: And and, uh, so it,
1: I like the Obama, when we were talking about this before, um, we got on here. I like the Obama mm-hmm. book. I mean, obviously it sparked the thought in Jesse's mind, but one of the bridges that we made, or one of the things I talked about was that his story is so American, right? He is, you know, mixed, black and white, right? His father was an immigrant. <laughs> and then uh, Jesse told him, Jesse was like, oh, and, and then he was raised by a single mom for a time, and then he lived overseas. And, you know, he lived in a multicultural environment, right? Um, then he went and did social work. And then, but he also went to Harvard and, and all of these other things. And so he, he's a person who spent time on all of these different levels of American society, right? And I think, you know, most of us have spent time on different levels of American society, or, or we, have, we have all felt ostracized within this melting pot at some point in time in our lives. <laughs> it's just, yeah. and, and, you know, whether you went to a party or an event and you were the one child of an immigrant there, right? Or you went to an, an event and everybody there was mixed culturally or something like that and you felt like the one person that was from Kansas <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and grew up poor or something like that and so we we've, we've all felt that and then you gravitated toward that one person in a room that was maybe also from you know they maybe they weren't from Kansas but they were from Texas and they understood what it was like to grow up on a farm like you did right or, or in my case, like, you know, from the inner city. And so when I'm running to people um, out here in Arizona, like even if they're from New York or Chicago, we vibe some kind of way, right? Because we're like, oh yeah, we, you know, city is the city, right? Yeah. And um, and so we see it all the time. And, but we allow ourselves to, to build that bond and then still have different political views. Right, and still be able to see all these other things that are are different and yet similar about ourselves. And um, I think the the biggest issue is um, when we started to touch on right before we went live was that a lot of times, especially with children, right, Um, or when we're adolescents, teenagers in our early 20s, we form the strongest bonds over negative events in our life right so like you're the child of an alcoholic and i'm the child of an alcoholic you're a male and i'm a female the likelihood of us getting married is like high (laughs) because that's like so we both we both talked about how those experiences happened and and whatever or this painful thing from our past and we really bonded over it right and with guys we don't talk about it but we can sense it in each other like oh like that guy gets me and that guy gets like you know you know what i mean and um and so you, you you form this, like, tight-knit bond. But the issue is sometimes one person is trying to get over it and grow beyond it, right? And the other person is still living in it. And that, that, can, that can start to, to lower consciousness. <laughs> or we can end up finding ourselves in a tribe that doesn't want to promote good things, right? And then we talked about the gangs. Uh, white supremacy group, black supremacy groups, right? Um, radical Islamic groups, right? All of those kind of things. Um, you know, those those kind of those push us to uh, a more extreme version of tribes that is like this. Yeah, right? and everything outside the tribe is.
0: Yeah, when we look at it too, when we just think of like our 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 own inner chemistry, right? All of us will likely say that we all desire to be loved and that when you're feeling loved and when you're present to love, it's the one of the best feelings. You feel safe, you feel nurtured, you feel understood, you feel like you belong. The challenge with that though is human beings in our, in our, our needs system, the fundamental core needs that all of us share. We also have this need for a variety or uncertainty. We like to have things different. We like to have surprises. We like to have, you know, that's why we, you know, we give presents sometimes because we don't know what it is. It's, it's it's why we we go on vacations. It's why we try different foods. It's why we struggle with nutrition programs because it, it gets boring and bland to eat the same thing over and over and over again. We want to have that biochemical feedback, that response of, oh, this is something different. It, it gives us a little bit of an emotional boost. It's why we We do the things that we know we probably shouldn't do, but it's fun to kind of get away with it sometimes, isn't it? And when you have, this goes back to, I think Jared and I have touched on this a little bit. I think when you have, especially in our culture in first world countries, you have dynamics where core fundamental survival needs are met. Then what we have is we have a a life where things are really pretty good in terms of survival for most of us. And so what ends up happening now is we start to have these different things that come in that we use to qualify what makes a good or great life. We could have a wonderful relationship, wonderful friends, wonderful job. It may not be the, none of them may be the greatest. And so we start to look for these little things that might rock the boat a little bit because it's kind of exciting to break the rules, isn't it? It's kind of exciting to be pissed off. It's kind of exciting to be angry. You know, that time when the person cuts us off in traffic, as scary as it is, but we give them the middle finger and we say, fuck you, you asshole, and all those types of things. But by the time we calm down, we realize in that moment that we are fully present to what it feels like to be alive. (laughs) So attuned to our neurology. We can feel our heart beating and our pulse. We can feel our blood pulsing through our veins. We are feeling our body in ways that we normally never do and in touch with parts of ourselves that we normally never in touch with. And so for the person who's not paying attention to this and we're just going off of, again, chemical feedback from our own, our own system, we start to learn very quickly that it might be a little exciting. And in, in a world where you know, things are, are good, maybe not great, it's kind of fun to add in a little bit of variety. And there's lots of healthy ways to seek out variety. And there's also lots of unhealthy ways to seek out variety too. So the challenge is, especially when we're looking at forming tribes and communities, it's very easy to bond over extremes because the emotional chemical cocktail is so extreme. It's also very easy to bond over extremes when we're framing it in a place of survival. You know, uh, an example might be in prison gangs where you go into a prison and and, and it's Many of the prison cultures will say that if you don't join a gang, you're going to die in there. Or much could be true for outside gangs too. In certain situations, so we, we, we form those bonds over survival. But it's interesting when we step outside of that and we start to say, well, why do we do certain behaviors that we do? Well, we do certain behaviors we do because there's only some sort of positive chemical feedback. The challenge with that is, is if we start to associate that with a positive feedback self-feelings or desires or wants beyond, we can very quickly begin into destructive patterns, patterns of maybe gaining weight or smoking or, you know, whatever that becomes for us. Yeah. Yeah. Come, go for it. So, go for it.
1: <clears throat> oh man. That was such a, that was such a great tie. so so um, you guys don't know what I, some of you know what I do for a living. I'm a, I'm a wellness coach. Jesse's a life coach. I am a wellness slash weight loss coach. And mo- all of you know, I was a former Marine. What you don't know about me, and most people don't know because I am such a proponent of peace, is that I actually enjoy fighting. I enjoy fighting. Like, I mean, like, it it it, it, it gives me a big... High, like you just talked about. And I realized this the other day. Um, and I actually had, I took a step back in my business and my life because I, when I get in that mode of embracing conflict, right, I fucking turn into a machine. And it's not, and <laughs> to a certain extent, it is not sexy, right? It is not, it's not cool because everything is a challenge and everybody's an adversary. And, and, and everything is, I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to prove this. I'm going to do that. My whole life is revolved around, (laughs) right? (laughs) And, uh, and what ends up happening is if your whole life is revolved around that, right? You can build some real friendships and bonds. You can, but a lot of times, right? What you're going to do is you're going to find yourself alienating yourself, pushing people away. And you're going to start to look at everybody around you as, as, as I did at some point in my life as weak or soft mm. or, or, or whatever. And it really deleted my ability to help people. Right. And so I had to learn how to attack my issues and my problems from place of love and understanding. But I, I love to fight. Right? There was time periods in my life where I fought at least once a week, for years straight, at least once a week, if not at almost every fucking day, right? Excuse my language, right? And I I mean, just all the time. And it was, it was such a, it was such a...
0: Were these scheduled
1: fights, Jared, or were you going out actively seeking, like trying to pick fights? With- okay, so no. So no, I, I've never, so I've never been that, thank God, right? I've never been the person who went out and actually like sought a fight, right? But if a fight was going on out and it was my friend fighting, I was definitely a person I was going to jump in. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Or, or if I, I, I never, I was also the person. So if you said something I didn't like, I'm not, I, I am not a good verbal banter person. Does that make any kind of sense? Like, so like, I'm not, I'm not good at, at, at what do they call it? when you, what's the name of that game that people play? Where they go back and forth.
0: Oh. Yeah, each other. yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it though right now.
1: Yeah, like we're shit talking to each other and you kids. Uh, they call it something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not good at it. So, I was a kid, like, you know, all the way into my teens, like, oh, you know, you blah, 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 your mother this, one, blah, and I was like, oh, <laughs> every time, I'm like, oh, I don't have any words for you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just gonna. That's it, and and um, and I was I was and and I was a ch- I, I was a chubby kid when I was younger, so that means even more. Like, people were like, open up, and I'm like, every time, every time, and so I did that for years, and I still for a long time didn't know how to handle someone making a rude comment to me without physically, without being physically violent with them back. I'm still actually learning that. Cause I'm still, I'm a sensitive guy, right? You can hurt my fucking feelings, right? Definitely. Right. You can say something mean to me to hurt my feelings. And, and, um, it's hard for me to, okay, well, how do I process this? I had to learn how to process it in a, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And then I some some things from my wife. My wife was like, well you have to become, you know, I never developed the the verbal banter skill. I I developed physically I'm gonna beat your face in. And that's not conducive in society. (laughs) (laughs) You have to you have to be able to verbally like banter with people and like make a game of it and stuff like that. You know and and um, so now I'm, I'm I'm starting to learn it, but I love the fight, man. I do, mm. like I do, I, and, and like I said, not to the point where I was like going out like I'm gonna beat this person up or somebody came to me or oh, they hurt my feelings, Jared. I need you to go fight them. But like, I definitely was, you know, at given points in my life, like, oh, you shouldn't probably shouldn't say that, Jared. Like, you're, you know, that's gonna, you know, what I mean. But what I found was that that behavior, acting like that, it it made, it alienated me more from people, and it, and it, and inevitably, um, you know, you inevitably end up, you know, hurting somebody that you care about. Does that make any kind of sense?
0: Yeah.
1: You inevitably end up, you know, you can't, I couldn't take a joke at all from any, like, so a friend could, like, I be like, oh, well, whatever, it, you
0: know, and so, um, during the times you, you enjoyed fighting, Jared, I imagine like friendships you had, tribe that you were forming at that time was around two people who enjoyed it as well. Well, that's why from
1: up until fourteen, fifteen, most of my friends were like my real friends to me were drug dealers and stuff like and you know what I said that's that's why and then it and then when the when it changed and it was like okay well you have to if you're gonna hang with these people you better start you gotta carry a weapon and it's not gonna be punching a fist fight no more right it's not gonna be okay y'all to go at it square off right it's gonna be um we gonna go you know what i mean yeah that, you know yeah what I'm um and so and then I was like, oh, okay, I can't do that. And I saw people who were my friends, you know, also get ousted from those tribes, those groups. Does that make any kind of sense? And so as I, watch, as I watch people fall out of favor in those atmospheres, right? And now I can look at them and say, well, your life is in danger, your life is in danger. And then I'm looking around, and this is what I used to, I used to tell young kids when I did get into social work, It's like at some point, like if you get into this, in this game, in that, in the drug game or whatever, you have to, there'll be a point where you might have to kill your best friend. Mm. And, uh, and I was like, and you just, if you go into it, just know that this may happen. Right. Just, just be, just be aware. Like you want to build your circle up as good as you can, but just be aware that you better be willing to kill this person that you fucking called your brother at one point in time. And once that, and so when I saw people get ousted from the group, right. And, you know, I was a decently deep thinker at 14, 15 years old, even though I couldn't fucking have a verbal battle with anybody.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. uh, I recognized that like, you know, one, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that. Like, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be a killer um i wanted respect for the people around me right but i knew that like if i stayed in that group in that peer group like the only way to keep that respect was if i became a killer does that make any kind of sense yeah
0: yeah totally and so uh so I like tribal it. tribal qualifications evolve or expand depending on yep. the hierarchy of the tribe is set up and you get more like this
1: yep exactly always tribal hierarchies cool that was you read that somewhere that was oh, kind of, it just popped <laughs> up in my head <laughs> <laughs> but they but they do they expand yeah. and, that's, and that and it happens in all it happens in all tribes it happens in in all tribes like as, if you you know we talked about the politics thing if you're if you're a democrat and you align with democrats and or black lives matter all this other kind of stuff like as you align harder and stronger then, some of the things that you say and spout out better become more and more socialistic right um <laughs> and and you know and then you then and the next thing you know you've almost divorced yourself from you know who you were at your core because you've walked so far down that you've risen up the tribe so high now I can't even say uh a statement like you know um I'll put up on my on my um on my Instagram the other day, um, your your choices um, create your situation, right? Or you're, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you you can get so high up, like it feels like that, and on you know, and as far as the Democratic Party is concerned, that you can you if you make that statement that your your situation is created by your choices or something like that, um, then you are outstip from the group. Right. You're like, well, how come what are you saying? Are you saying that poor people, all poor people are poor because of their own choices? You're fucking that's that's what the other side says. You're you know, you're you you must be crazy, right? And the same thing is true if you're really conservative, right? If you say not everything, not every situation people find themselves in is, is their own fault, or you know, some people deserve help and government assistance, right? Then you're like, what? Rhino, Republican in name only, get the fuck out of here. You're fucking, you're one of
0: them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting thing because, you know, at the core, there's this, there's this personal responsibility piece, right? We all have personal responsibility for, for things like our health, our wealth, our intellect, our meaning that. There comes a point, I think, where, especially in this day and age where technology has made information so available and information's now, as much as it's commoditized, it's readily available, where we have, we all have access almost to these devices where we can go and just type in any question we have, how to lose weight, how do I make more money, how do I get smarter, whatever that question is, how do I build a rocket ship And you'll find answers in in breadcrumbs that can lead you to the answers that you're looking for. And so I think with that, then it expands the opportunity for tribes because now tribes don't have monopolistic power over the one or being the gatekeepers of one source of information. It's no longer, you have to be in this tribe to be this, or even Jared and I were talking beforehand, you have to be in this tribe to be the president of the United States. You have to be in this tribe to be whatever. Now, I think that's one of the great things of technologies. it's kind of equalized that for many of us, but with that Trump, also says, Trump is gone. Exactly. exactly. From, from Barack Obama, then, then Donald Trump
1: that you have to be in this trial to be president of the United States. Yeah. It's all but dead. It's all. Yeah.
0: But finished. And I think if you continue to see that, especially when you end up having the rock run here in the next eight to 12 years, it'll really <laughs> like blow the door <laughs> off of it. And, uh, it does, so it, so it bakes this opportunity for us to really examine who, who is our tribe, what is our tribe, and to invite the opportunity of exploration beyond some of the superficial surface level designations that we've often clung to in the past, right? We will always suffer and struggle if our tribe is limited by things like skin color, political affiliation, who we voted for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think our tribes will thrive, and more importantly, not only will our tribes thrive, but our, our sense of well-being will thrive within our tribes as we allow ourselves to expand our tribe, not by, not by discounting other people, but rather instead by really getting attuned to what we want and value and believe. Yeah. And there's a big difference, right, of moving towards something versus moving away from something. When we're moving away from something, it's fear-based. When we're moving towards something, it's often love-based. And if we start to form tribes in fear, what ends up happening is exactly what we experience in this political situation, where it becomes a, you know, I'm on the side of right, you're on the side of wrong, I'm on the side of good, you're on the side of evil, I'm on the side of racism, you're on the side of anti-racism. You know, and, and in so doing, you're just alienating half the people whether they look at like you or not. And not only that, but you're, you're going down a very slippery slope of self-righteousness, which in that kind of thing, your thinking becomes, can become so myopic that you're not able to ever see anything to expand your own learnings and understanding of humanity. But if we start to go and form tribes based not on that, but really on values, belief systems, things that are going to expand us going towards from a place of love what it does is it allows us to really be intentional about who we choose and also not discount other people just because they believe differently than us. It allows us to recognize that the, while they may believe differently, I don't have to agree with those beliefs, but that doesn't make them good, bad, right or wrong. It just makes them a human being just like me who has hopes and dreams, just like me, who bleeds the same blood as I do, who breathes the same air as I do. And they have just where they're at at this point in their life and what limited knowledge they have, they believe that what they believe is going to get the outcomes that are gonna be what they think is the best interest for them, just the same as I believe what I believe is gonna bring the best outcomes and what I think is in the best interest for me and my tribe.
1: Yes, that is is the Jedi versus the Sith. (laughs) I'm sorry, it it is like the, you know, Either all is. from a place of love or from a place of, of fear, right? And, and, and it doesn't matter what side of an issue you stand on, whether you're, you're progressive or conservative or Democrat or Republican. If you're driving, if fear is what's driving you to, to whatever, then your outcomes are going to be negative. Yep. Your outcomes are going to be destructive. But if love is what's guiding you, then your outcomes or your outcomes are going to be beautiful. Doesn't matter which side you sit on because you'll always be able to see that connection. Yeah, and, and that's why. And that's why I had to I had to reverse it, and it scares me to this day. Right? Like, like it 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 makes me nervous when because uh, so many driven people are driven by like that fear or that anger or something like that. And and, and you can go and I and you know what? We're such good friends now. I'm gonna fucking throw you under the bus.
0: I know that at some points in your life, you've been that same way. For sure. Absolutely. (laughs) And there's times too, where I still find myself in that. And it's, and it's, and it's, and honest to God, Jared, I share this with you and whoever's listening, watching right now. When I say like my greatest work at this time in my life is learning to find compassion for people like the people who fly a plane into the train center It is terrifying for me to say that because not only do I realize that and am I aware that it invites this tremendous amount of judgment, especially if it's taken out of context, but it's just like how far down the rabbit hole do I want to go with this? Because it is so fucking easy to just sit there from one place and say, they are evil, they are horrible, they are bad, I was good, they are wrong, I am right, they are evil and I am the site of justice and we should revisit vengeance on them with a full
1: they
0: can burn in fucking hell and and that is so much easier and it's and it's much more welcoming and it not is not nearly as lonely because there's gonna be a lot more people with that idea but um, I go out and say oh yeah I'm really trying to find compassion for these people dude I say that to if I walk down the street and said that to 100 random people, I'm going to probably get 98 people looking at me like, and if I'm trying to find a tribe on a very surface level piece, it's going to be massively isolating. And that is terrifying because I think the great, one of the greatest fears we all have is that fear of being alone, right? Yep. The, the, the nature yep. of a tribe, we form yep. tribes because our survival is dependent on one another. And so then if you're the weak link and you're cast away, you're basically being signed off into your immediate demise. Yeah.
1: It's so, that fear of being alone is so stifling. I know you got to go and I got to go too. It's so stifling that it can stop us from being our best selves. Yeah. We'll we'll let it stop us from being, you know, who we really want to be and our best selves because we feel like No one else wants, no one else wants to take that route And and like you said, that you get a high from that. Fucking kill them all. Yeah. They're horrible. You get a, there's a high associated with that. And you know, that, that you're revving up to, uh, revving up to a place of certainty. Yes. As opposed to like trying to
0: find love and compassion really uncertain <laughs> yeah yeah and it is not going to be you are not going to be the favorite person in the room you just not in most rooms they're going to look at you like man you're a freaking traitor we'll just when we start firing missiles we're going to strap you to one of them
1: man all right so just because you said that that was the hardest part for me uh, this summer I just made amends with a, a good friend who I got into an argument with slash client cost me money everything uh, they had said some things out of line but also I was in an emotional place at the time too right and um, but they didn't understand that um, I was having discussions with them and I was having discussions and they're very conservative and having discussions with very liberal friends who have been friends for years and blah, blah, blah. And both sides were calling me traitor. Mm. So when we were having, as we've been having this discourse and building a bridge, right? A lot of the same stuff that I say in this group, I say privately to friends, family, you know, former military pals and stuff like that. And to have... Like, maybe one or two people that kind of got it out of dozens of people that I talked to, and have, you know, in those dozens, like some very important people tell me, like, you're a fucking traitor. Like, you are fucking, you, I can't, you're, you're lost. It's what some of them would say to me, or you're, you're part of the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing it from both sides. And I was really trying. So, like, there, so like some of those times, when, and so I was like in a fucking torn up place. Right like I, like you know i'm like i'm not i'm not i was you know i wasn't anti anti-trump but i wasn't a trump fan and i would try to explain to people this is what this promotes this is what this happens when you say things like this this is this is the things that that you're going to evoke right and and you have to be able to like see the side of these people on this side And they'd be like no you're a fucking traitor what the fuck are you talking about and then i would be saying the same thing so the people on this side <laughs> you fucking Uncle Tom. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, God damn. Yeah. It yeah. was fucking, I was, I'm going to just let you guys know, like, there were points where I was fucking, and I wanted to, I wanted to be angry so bad, mm-hmm. right? I wanted to be like, I wanted to return, that. Name. I know you got to go, so I'm going to let you go, but I wanted to return that negative emotion with of negative emotion or mirror it. On both sides. I wanted. To, I was I was just gonna be the guy standing in the middle with guns on both
0: sides. <laughs> <laughs> like what is it? What is it? Desperado Antonio Banderas doing the crisscross. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like yeah. yeah. I was gonna just you know, when we talk about those verbal missiles and bombs. Yeah. I was just gonna shoot them H way. Like. <laughs> yeah. And there were times, I won't lie where I did it, where, you know, I did it, you know, there were times where I, I didn't lie. Well, I was like, well, you know, fuck it. Just, just sign your fucking kids up, put an AK in their goddamn hand and sign them up to fucking walk across the street and shoot the goddamn neighbors and right, and be prepared to watch fucking kids die. You'd be prepared to watch your fucking kids die. That's it. This is where you're going. You can't fucking listen to nobody. And so I had those moments, right. Where I was just like, I was like, you know, like that's it. Like, uh, and so I did, I definitely had those moments, but it was, it was, there were times where I was like, it was really fucking lonely, Jesse. And these, and that's why I think, I think that's probably why you say sometimes like these conversations with them <laughs> are what you look forward to the most. <laughs> Cause, cause, Cause I was like, Oh, thank God. I was like, yeah. Okay. I'm not going, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy for saying the things. I'm not crazy for like, you know, trying to fucking, in my mind, speak sense to people. And uh, you know, and then, and I'm not a traitor, yeah. That, right? And 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 like, cause it's it's hard sometimes to hold on to that, right? To hold on to that, you know, yourself as an individual, when you have people on on different sides telling you, you know, you're horrible, basically, right, for being yourself, and uh it's hard. It's hard to be like. I'm not horrible. I, uh, am, I, am, I, am, I am good. I am, you know, it's hard. It's really hard, man.
0: Jared, the, the thing that popped into my mind as you were sharing that is when I think of building a bridge, I imagine two pieces of land and there's a big body of water in between it. People on this side are this and the people on this side are this. And as you start to build the bridge and you start to get to the point where you're in the middle of the water, It's super lonely out there because most people aren't going to be able to go out there. Most people will not go out to the middle. Only a few skilled laborers are going to be out there actually doing the construction of it. But meanwhile, what you have on either side is a lot of judgment. The Bridge is ugly. They should have done it this way. Why the fuck do I want to go over there? You know, look at it. It's taken forever. That's what our tax dollars are being put to work for. Look at how lazy those guys are. They're just sitting there eating sandwiches. They're not even building anything. Right. There's a lot of chatter on either side because so few will actually go out into the middle and do the work. But then what ends up happening is, is that and that's a super, super, super lonely process because so few can actually go out there and do the work to do that critical infrastructural creation that's gonna actually bring the bridge together and connect it. But then what happens once it's connected? Oh, this bridge is really convenient. Wow, it's so cool to be able to go over there and have that easy access. Boy, this cuts down my commute exponentially. Well, you know, I can't wait to go and meet with so and so over there too. Yeah, we're gonna go do business over here. All those voices start to fade away and everybody starts to just go. And then pretty soon the bridge becomes common. As the mass starts to crisscross back and forth, it's just a common travel. Very few will ever remember those those couple that were out there in the middle in the very beginning building that bridge. And so, man, I just you know, just to I, I wanted to share that because it came up as you were talking and it just it 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 reinforces just a deeper appreciation for you, Jared, because I can imagine getting those bombs on both sides. And then I just, that was what was so magnetic about you early on, though, is at a time when it was so easy to be a voice of an extreme, you were the voice of calmness and peace. And you spoke in a way that was not, it wasn't a fuck you to anyone. It was an invitation to come together and I just I continue to see that strengthen in you and you hold a really incredible space for people to have I think these kinds of dialogues and discourses and and um you're a bridge builder my friend you really are same
1: you 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 fucking you open the doors like I don't I don't even know how you do it (laughs) But you 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 find a way to reach in and, and pull out that piece of people that's that's universal. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah.
1: And that's and, and 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 like show it to them like, oh, oh, you like that and I like that. Oh we can be we can be we can we can bond over this and oh look there's another piece. Oh, oh look we can bond over that. You know? Um yeah. and so that that is that is how you do that um is is not just masterful, but it's 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 really awesome. It's something I I want to learn because I do want to build bridges. But I I have sometimes I I sometimes fall into the trap of seeing the differences too. Does that make any kind of sense? Oh,
0: me too. <laughs>
1: I struggle with it every day, every single okay, I day I with it. You gotta go, man. You gotta right, hop buddy. off of here. You got somewhere to be. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next All week. Right,